This summer, your local movie theater transforms into a tent revival for sharing Jesus. Join Believers Nationwide for the Million Souls Campaign, inviting unsaved loved ones to experience The Firing Squad, a new evangelistic movie starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. Witness the true story that made worldwide headlines, American prisoners discovering faith in Christ while awaiting execution for their crimes in a third world country, transforming their lives and the entire prison in the process. After the movie and before the credits roll, Kevin Sorbo will come on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ. Visit FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how to get free tickets and more for your unsaved loved ones and become part of this unique event. Bring friends, family, and your faith. Learn more at FiringSquadFilm.com. That's FiringSquadFilm.com. Hey, great podcast today. We have, of course, Bill O'Reilly on and then uh, Brad Thor. Brad Thor talks about his uh, new uh, book called Black Ice. It's a a thriller. Brad is on his 20th number one bestseller now with this uh, series. Um, And he focuses on the Arctic Circle and China and Russia and what's going on. And he had some real insights on what's really happening. We talk about geopolitics in this era and whether we're in a war already with China and Russia. Brad Thor and so much more on today's podcast. Hello, America. It's Friday. The Glenn Beck program. Glad you're here. Bill O'Reilly comes up in about uh, half an hour. I'm really excited to talk to him about the news of the week. What he felt was the uh, most important. Usually wrong on that. He's usually wrong on that, but uh, (laughs) he's got a great viewpoint. uh, And we'll check with him in about a half an hour from now. Looking at you right now, you have a great viewpoint as well, a viewpoint from yeah. space. Uh, well, you know, uh, Branson went into space, and then uh, what's-his-name uh, from uh, from Amazon, he went up. I, I went in, uh, you know, his was a little controversial. Bezos, when he went into space, his capsule kind of looked a little, you know. Um, but uh, I went in a, uh, uh, a rocket shaped as... Uh, lady bits and so i'm in space now <laughs> it's very it's, it's funny watching you because as if you missed it glenn is laying flat on the ground today and they've put a green screen behind him and are just changing the backgrounds to torture him and it's fun actually it's one of these we should send some pictures out uh, tweet some pictures out of glenn uh, with the various backgrounds and perhaps i'm just this is just a suggestion to the audience because it's friday it's Give me a Amy summer Schumer Friday. Again. Maybe they're a little bored. Yeah. Uh, uh, at Stu Does America, at Glenn Beck. Tweet us the background you think should be behind Glenn for the rest of the show. Uh, just, it's just if you have a funny picture that you think would look funny having Glenn in the middle of it as he's trying to do serious material on the air. I'd like to be in the garage <laughs> with uh, Jack Ruby right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can you put me back in bed with Amy Schumer, please? Because that one, that one looked kind of real, didn't it? Now you're gonna have to take a full screen. There it is. Kind of looks like, and she's looking over at me like, "Oh my gosh, this is great!" <laughs> and so to make this complete, it has to be like, <laughs> I think. Uh, uh, this is right. one of those things. I, I will say, um, it's not just 
we're, we are, we've talked a lot about social media today mm-hmm. because of the Amy Klobuchar bill. And sure, people can tweet backgrounds for you to do the radio show mm-hmm. with today at mm-hmm. Studios America at Glenn Beck. Sure. But it's, we're not just here to be silly. No, we're not. We are here to help the audience and navigate these very difficult Thank times. You. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you know this, but they've decided to come out with new emojis mm-hmm. um, because, hey, things are changing. And so the emojis need to change, too. Uh, and so the good people at the emoji producing factory mm-hmm. uh have decided to take on uh a new task Stu. yeah well i know they had the pregnant man yeah which was a nice one because you know people don't realize this but men can be pregnant no yeah. men cannot become pregnant oh Just, yes they can yes they can. no they can't uh, no, yeah basically nope. the way that a man becomes pregnant is they are a woman and then we call them a man oh, and so okay. then right. they can become pregnant right. but a biological man no matter you know how he uh you know, changes his uh, his parts, um, can't have a baby. And anybody mm. like Stu who's trying to propagate that dangerous medical disinformation. Just want to point that out. Dangerous medical misinformation. This is the road we're on. This uh, is the road we're on. They will, I know. They will, and we're far down this road, by the way. I mean, the fact that they're releasing a pregnant male, which we all, we all look. We can all talk about this stuff however you want. But the bottom line is that men cannot have children. That is a very basic fact I have of children. the human anatomy. I have children. Uh, you did not give birth to any children. Feels like I did. People always say, like, we're pregnant. Now she's pregnant. All right. You're not anything. You, you, you spent eight, <laughs> eight, probably eight, 18 seconds doing something. It's over. Your part of this is pretty much over. You'll spend the rest of your life probably uh, screwing the kid up uh, as they grow up. But you're. you're wow. She's, wow. She's Somebody the- <laughs> had some daddy issues. <laughs> no, Holy all. cow. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's like that, I've always, that term is hilarious. We're pregnant. Like, yeah, I, I, know, I got not. that you had a small role said, in it. She's yeah. the one doing everything. What are you doing? I know. I, we have children. That's accurate. Yes, of course. We're pregnant. No. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. Yeah, I mean, and I, look, we're glad. Half 50% of mm-hmm. us are glad we're not pregnant. Now, if you look at our physiques, we look pregnant. Yes. And the male pregnant thing actually would work for us as an emoji because yes. we look like we're yes. pregnant. Exactly right. Stu, that's our new logo. <laughs> you and I as emojis pregnant. It <laughs> yeah. works. It works. And that will keep us they can't ban us that. Right. If so we're the pregnant men, we decided they can't be banned off We of decided media. that we were going to help the emoji people uh, mm-hmm. and come up with some new emojis as well. For instance, I don't want to I don't want to get somebody's pronouns wrong and they don't always announce their pronouns. Mm-hmm. So to make sure I don't misgender somebody, um, I'm suggesting a new 99 uh, shaped uh, emoji. Uh, that way, you know, I just put that instead of Mr. Miss, you know, you, they, whatever it is, you just put the 99 emoji up there. So this what covers the 99 genders? Is, is that the idea? Yeah. Now we might have to change that as the genders keep going up. Um, but yeah, maybe uh, 999 would be a safer thing. Probably. Because we probably, probably have a good month or two before it hits 999 genders. Yeah. Now I've come up with an, another, uh, and we're going to be tweeting all of these out uh, so you'll be able to see them. Um, I came up with another one because we, we know that CRT we told you yesterday the definition of a word that you probably have never heard, praxis. It's a uh, it's an old word, but it was really it's really used by uh, communists and uh, people who believe in Karl Marx. I mean, 
I mean, I believe in Karl Marx. I just don't believe in his writings. But um, the uh, uh, praxis means putting it into action. And that's what's happening to our schools. They are making activists out of our schools. Uh, And so, you know, when we're talking about our kids, I think it's easy just to use a just a little emoji there, which is uh, looks to be. How would you describe that? uh, An angry child, an angry baby holding a BLM sign. Yeah. So there's your new emoji for child activist. Mm. Um, Now, we all have complained from time to time uh, that we've lost our heroes, you know, Uh, all of their who are the heroes. And so we thought we would make the politically correct emoji of our new heroes. uh, And uh, here they are. Uh, They're holding hands. There's uh, there's three of them there. Uh, one is uh, Castro, one is uh, <laughs> President Z, and the other is Maduro. <laughs> and they're holding hands with halos over their head. So I totally appropriate. And, we'll, and this the good thing about using these emojis, you will never get banned using them. These no. will be completely approved as long as no. you don't use them in some sarcastic way. Who would do that? I hope nobody. In I, this well, I mean, I know this isn't sarcastic. We're not doing this in a sarcastic way. Mm. We mean it. We mean it. I would love to have these emojis. Can we? Is there a way to make this emoji package so we can actually have people use them as emojis? I don't know. I will say I've never in my life used an emoji um, for Ooh. any reason. I do. <laughs> I, I, I use the guy. I use the guy with his tongue out mm-hmm. and his eyes kind of popped out cross-eyed. I use that one a lot. Uh, I use mm. the one where he's just got big white eyes. And he's like, what? I use that one a lot. I had this thing where I learned growing up um, words. Uh, so yeah. I use those to describe no, the things I'm talking about. No. It's a crazy idea. The one I find the most the the most active, at least for me, is the salsa dancer. You really? seen the yeah? Have you seen that? They have a I lady have salsa dancer and a man salsa dancer, and I use that all the time. Really, all the time. I can't. Just so t- many. <laughs> I can't tell you how many. Is it like, hey, honey, bring me the and then salsa? Exactly. Okay. It's like, hey, honey, you want to salsa dance oh, tonight? Okay. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I thought you were looking for condiments, but I was I was apparently mistaken. No, no, no. That's the main use for okay. it. That's the main use for it. Uh, what the hell is that? Why do they have a salsa dancer? Why? Who's using that? I don't know. I don't know the point. People think these things are cute. And I, I, no, I, don't. I don't understand. It just that. A dumbing know. down of our society in such a massive way that I, I don't. Well, let me just tell you this. Um, you know who you can who can really help, who can really help and not dumb down our society is the government. And that's why we have a new uh, government uh, emoji here to help. Uh, <laughs> it's just a uh, yellow faced uh, guy in dark sunglasses and a, and a needle. Uh, mm. So he's got the vaccine all ready to go. He's here to help. Coming door to door? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then, of course, if you want anybody to take you seriously, you're going to need this emoji. This is your vaccine passport emoji. Uh, so you can just label that and you're like, look, I can come into this theater. Here's my passport. You know what I mean? Exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, this one was inspired by uh, by uh, Joe Biden. Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I, of course, use Latinx all the time when I'm talking about, excuse me for saying this, Latinos. 
Um, now, uh, we are, is it confirmed Latinx? I thought it was Latin X. Is it both? How does that work? Well, it is Latinx, um, okay. but apparently Joe Biden is so hip uh, that he came up with his own way of pronouncing it. And, and here he is. Listen. It's awful hard as well to get Latinx vaccinated as well. Latinx. Oh, Latinx. A good point. So we have a new Latinx uh, <laughs> emoji. It's a tissue box with a sombrero on it. The new <laughs> Latinx. You know, that one may get you banned. That one potentially might actually yeah, get yeah. you banned, but it's still really funny. Uh, let me go for the uh, peaceful protester. Um, if we have the peaceful protester, uh, he's a black uh, block rioter with uh, raised <laughs> fist, uh, Antifa uh, banded, uh, a branded riot shield, uh, and his face is masked. Uh, so oh, that's that's, good. that's the peaceful protester emoji. And not spreading COVID. Uh, exactly right. Because they're wearing the mask. Exactly right. And uh, let me just show you now the journalist. Um, there's the emoji for the journalist. Um, that seems to be very hmm. similar to... The peaceful protester and oh, yeah, member. The, oh yeah, they're exactly the same. Okay, but uh, just depends on which context you use. Uh, and then here is the college student. Um, you have the college student emoji Wait, uh, right there. Hmm? Again, that looks exactly like the journalist and the Antifa member. I know it's hard to tell them apart, isn't it? It is. It is hard to tell them apart. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. So I I love the Twitter feed, um, especially during the town hall on CNN from Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, I'm just going to read his Twitter feed here. First 10 minutes of the Biden town hall, incredibly boring. Not just boring. Tweet uh, one, uh, tweet number two, 16 minutes in and we're still on COVID. The president says he listens to science. Good to know. Next 30 minutes in, absolutely no news has been made other than the president wants school kids under 12 to wear masks. Next tweet, a commercial break, thank God. Next, I'm not being facetious. No joke. I'm being serious. This town hall is tedious beyond belief. And the last one is, it's almost over. No joke. I'm serious. Bill O'Reilly. Welcome to the program, sir. Here's the deal. It was painful. It was a painful thing to watch. I waited for the clips. I knew this in advance, Bill. I knew this in advance. But we have to do our jobs as uh, guardians (laughs) of the country. Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly, guardians of the nation. So I'm I'm, uh, in a house. Uh, Someone was nice enough to invite uh, my son and I over for dinner. Um, there are a few people in uh, in attendance, and after dinner, we sat down to watch Don Lemon. Always a treat. Always a treat. You know that. Oh, okay? my God. Well, he's and, one of the most well-informed reporters in the nation. I don't know if you know that. I like Don Lemon personally, um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not, I know what I'm going to get from Don. Yeah. But anyway, about halfway through, is an hour and 20 minutes. There was almost a brawl in the house, people trying to grab the remote to turn anything else on. Okay? Anything. Anything. Can is Ben on with Revenge of the Mummy? Get that. Oh, so okay? bad. It was so bad. It was 
It was. And then when the ratings come in, a million five. Now, if people don't understand the ratings, um, if I got a million five viewers. You would have been in trouble. I would have committed suicide. Yeah, no. Your your average night, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, was about three million. About five. Oh, was it five? Um, Because we had, uh, we had the two runs um, and five to six million. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which in. Yeah. And that I knew he was going to get, I knew that the rate was going to be low. I didn't think they're going to be that low. And, and also, I wanted to, this is another topic, but the, the Olympics this summer are going to get wiped out in a race. Oh, yeah. I mean, nobody. Oh, yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody cares. Uh, in fact, I think people are rooting. We may have a situation to where, remember, Bill, when we used to have the Soviet Union to root against? Yeah, we may have that situation again, except we'll be rooting against America. Well, I, I don't know about that, but I know mm. that I'm the women's soccer team. Uh-huh. I mean, they're so. Oh, I know. But, but we got we look, Sweden beat the U.S. women's soccer team three to nothing. Now, just step back a moment. There is no grass in Sweden. They don't. They have to practice on practice on glaciers. It's just frozen, <laughs> and they beat our team three to nothing. Okay, and I mean, I'm sitting there going, Sweden, nine million people, America, three hundred twenty million people, many of them female. I gotta right. tell you, I gotta. T- we got our butts kicked three nuts. Look, I said to the U.S. women's soccer team coach, maybe you might want to. Do a little less kneeling and a little more running. Run and shoot. <laughs> I have to. Uh, I have to tell you, the European Handball Federation has fined the Norway women's beach handball team. Uh, I don't know if you. I don't know if you heard this. All right. Uh, I haven't. You haven't. Oh, this is this is great. I heard it. Uh, okay, so the Norwegian uh, women's beach handball team. Uh, they were fined. They came out onto uh, onto the scene wearing shorts, and that's that's against the league policy. Uh, they're supposed to wear bikini bottoms. Oh, uh, uh, so, so I just oh, I mean, when we are more uh, woke, and uh, I mean, we've turned into the worst uh, country in Europe. We have just turned into the the one with France. Okay, I'm going to just say it. France. We have turned into <laughs> France. When Europe looks like, oh, that's crazy, huh? They they got their women's team wearing bikinis. Uh, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I don't know how you play handball on the beach. Don't you need I, a wall and, I, and, and some kind of floor? I don't know, Bill. <laughs> I do, you're asking the wrong guy. I I, uh, I have no idea. All right. So, mm-hmm. Bill, there's a couple of things that I want to talk to you about. First is uh, Amy Klobuchar. Do you think this yeah. is the big story of the week, or what do you think the big story is? Well, Amy Klobuchar wants to limit speech, right? Is that what you're talking uh, yeah, about? Yeah, the uh, COVID misinformation, and she wants HHS to be able to label people you know, who are engaged in dangerous misinformation. Yes. Mm. It sounds a lot like the Soviet Union. Sure does. Uh, 
because, and I'm not being facetious here. No joke. Joe Biden might say. This is no joke. <laughs> right, not okay. Being, being serious, all kidding aside. All right. Yes. Next week is the anniversary in 1943 of Joseph Stalin passing a law in the Soviet Union during World War II that imprisoned anyone who was a coward. That was the law. Now, of course, Stalin was the one who decided if you were a coward or not. Mm -hmm. So now in America, we have Amy Klobuchar saying, hey, if you say something that we, the federal government, don't like about COVID, we're going to go after you. Now, what's the difference between old Joe Stalin and young Amy Klobuchar. Well, they will say that you are you are misinforming people right now, Bill, because this is a health issue. And the Klobuchar says that there has to be an exception here for health misinformation because wow. health information is deadly. Well, we already know that climate change is a health issue we know that antifa and uh their riots over the summer because of race that was worse this is the cdc that was worse than the pandemic the pandemic of racism in america we know that guns are a health issue um i mean pretty much this is the this is the threshold. You cross this threshold and freedom of speech is done. Well, there's no doubt the progressive left wants to limit freedom of expression and thought in America. And, and no one could deny that. I mean, I guess Don Lemon might, but no one really could say, no, no, these are real uh, ACLU people that want freedom of expression. And by the way, the ACLU is not the ACLU anymore. Right, they're not. They're right on board with, hey, you know, if we don't like what you're saying, uh, you got to go to jail. Sorry. You know, and uh, you know what? We're going to have bail. We're not going to have bail for the people who commit manslaughter. I'll let them right out. But you, no, 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 you got to go away. Yep. So this trend, and, and you're right to point out, that what Senator Klobuchar is doing is trying to normalize this stuff, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we're doing this to protect you because of if Lenny down the street doesn't want to get vaxxed, he's a danger to you. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Why would he be a danger to me? If Lenny's an anti-vaxxer, I don't care. Does that in influence me? No. I do what my doctor recommends, which I think everyone should do. All right, and then I go along. I don't really care about Lenny. If Lenny wants to live in the basement, unvaxxed, that's okay with me. Um, he's not yeah, a but Lenny is going to get out, and he's going to infect other people. I know. It's kind of like that zombie thing, you know? Yeah. And that's really the genesis of, of the whole anti-vax movement. The anti-vax movement kind of believes that the government somehow is involved with this vaccine, which is true to the extent that Trump got it up and running. Um, and that's the lead, as I told you, on the Trump-O'Reilly history tour. How did you do it? But, but the anti-vax movement believes that somehow the government has put little chips in there and they're going to track you. Correct. Okay, fine. Believe that? Fine. But here's, here's a very interesting thing. While Amy Klobuchar and the progressive left are pounding the anti-vaxxers, they don't say a word about African-Americans who won't get vaccinated. And right. that of all the ethnic groups in America, African-Americans have the lowest vaxxed 
rate. And number two, Bill, number two, Hispanics. So I think uh, Hispanics and whites are just about tied. Um, But it's the problem as far as vaccine on the ethnic front is with African-Americans. And then you get Biden out there going, well, we understand that problem because of Tuskegee and in the past. And and, and you're looking at the guy going, wait a minute. Do we live in a country where everyone is treated the same? Obviously, we don't. And it goes right back to the equity thing. Like, well, we're going to give certain groups a pass and they can really do what they want, even if they're public health dangers. So you never hear Klobuchar say that. All right. About African-Americans. And I'm saying to myself, look, you know, the the real threat to America is not from China and it's not from COVID. It's from we are turning on each other because the media is pushing the progressive left dictum that some groups and some people in America are more entitled to better treatment than others. And that's going to tear the nation apart. Uh, of course it is. Um, Bill, let me let me ask you. When you say that the the biggest threat against the nation uh, is the progressive movement, it is. I think the progressive movement has turned into the Marxist movement now. Would you separate the traditional Democrat liberal from that group? Yes. I mean, I know a lot of traditional Democrats who are not progressive nuts and who don't really know how to handle the situation now. They're very confused on how to handle it because the progressives have the megaphone. So right off the top of your head, everybody listening to Beck and O'Reilly right now, name one progress, uh, one so-called moderate Democrat in the country that has any influence right now. Name one. You can't. There's not one Hubert Humphrey. There's not one Jimmy Carter. There's nobody. And you can't say Biden because Biden is captured. He's being held high. Yeah, no joke. Not <laughs> by the progressive left. I mean, I, I don't know whether the, I'm sure this registered with you, but violent crime is like the second issue among Americans. Right oh, my now. gosh. It's in, it's gone through the roof. Right, right. And so Biden is up there for at least eight minutes explaining how cracking down on gun stores is going to stop violent crime. Nobody believes that. There is literally nobody on earth with an IQ over 100 that believes that or could possibly believe it. Yet there he is yammering about he's going to get a task force. He's going to bring in bazookas. I'll have more guns. I'll blow them up. Because that, we got to stop violent crime. And then he goes, and by the way, community policing. I mean, we don't need to arrest drug gang thugs who are gunning down children. No, we're going to bring in a social worker with the cops. Okay? It's like a remake of Dragnet with Jack Webb. You remember that show? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But in the back seat, there's a shrink. All right, man, just a fact. But uh, here's Dr. Ruth, who's going to talk to you about why your son decapitated five people. (laughs) You know, really, really, the president of the United States is is killing. Well, hang on. I want to go. I want to go. I want to finish this, um, particularly about the police and Joe Biden in 60 seconds. 
You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. All right. Mr. Brad Thor. Hello, Glenn. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah. Good to be on with you. You know, I remember the days when, you know, you'd, you'd send me a, a, a galley of the book, and you were very excited, and you'd be like, Glenn, I, I'm so excited. you got to read this book. And then it would come, and it was autographed. The only reason I know this is because I, I've, I've uh, been putting the books back in my shelf at the house, and I have all of your books, and most of the galleys, and they're all autographed, say nice thing. This time I just got something from a PR person. <laughs> what? Here's your book, Glenn. Oh. oh, man. So only Stu got to sign one this year. Yeah. Oh, don't lie for him, Stu. Don't lie for him. I will say the gold-plated oh, uh, you know, you display case was a little over the top, Brad, but I did appreciate it. And I, I will tell you, I also <laughs> said I was not talking to you again until, uh, you know, in, in, until your, uh, your hero, Scott, uh, walks into a room and somebody's listening to the Glenn Beck program or... <laughs> Or just renewing their subscription on the Blaze. It's not happening. It's not happening. Brad, uh, it's good to have you on. I, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, I didn't know you were coming on last week. I didn't know you were coming on. And uh, I, I watched, uh, what is it, American Assassin, uh, mm-hmm. the, the first movie of yours that was made. And I, I forgot how good that was. Really, that was- really good. Vince Flynn. That was Vince Flynn's book. Thanks a lot, Glenn. No, no, no. Okay, so it's not American Decessive. Which one is it? I don't have any movies yet, Glenn, but thank you. Why don't you oh. just pour some lemon juice in that paper? Oh, I thought that was it. really good. <laughs> so it wasn't well, you that wrote it. I'm talking to here. It wasn't you that wrote it. I think uh, Glenn's getting a little revenge for his lack of signed copy. Uh-huh. Uh, I just thought it was really good. Did you write The Hunt for Red October? <laughs> Because I watched that, and it was really good. <sighs> nope, didn't write that one either. Wow. Huh. So what have you written or, or done? <laughs> I got a couple. Got a couple out there. Yeah. How many? What is this? The the 20th or 19th? 20th in the Scott Harvath series. Yeah. Black Ice. Uh, and uh, this one, uh, he's you know, it starts and he's on vacation, or well, he's 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 having a good summer, uh, and he's on the fjord, mm-hmm. and he's yeah, got a girl Oslo with his is his very attractive girlfriend who he, works for the Norwegian intelligence service. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because it has an O with a slash through it. So Solvi Solvi Kolstad. Okay, all right. Um, so tell me why this book is. Uh, as good as a Vince Flynn book. Well, he's out of vacation days, out of sick days, and uh, DC calls, wants him back, or they want his resignation. So he decides he's going to come back. It's this calling. He loves his job, and uh, he's getting ready to leave, and he's walking out of a cafe in Oslo and sees a ghost climb out of a taxi right. cab, somebody he killed years ago halfway around the world, and that starts off a huge chase all the way up into the Arctic. So here's the thing. You, you and I have known each other. We've been friends for a very, very long time. And I, I, I think I coined the term uh, faction is what you write um, because it is it's always based in facts. And I can always tell what you're concerned about just by reading your books. And in reading this one, you are you are concerned about something happening in the Arctic 
uh, and and how far behind Russia and China are um, in the area. Can you tell me what you were thinking on this? So uh, I've been friends with the former National Security Advisor, Robert O'Brien, since college. And this was an issue that I had brought up with him, uh, is China inserting itself into the Arctic. So the Arctic is getting warmer and warmer, and the ice is melting up there, which provides a lot of opportunities. And China, suddenly, the Russians were bad enough up there. They've opened up 50, more than 50 old Cold War era bases up in the Arctic. So they're moving very quickly. Up there, and China has declared itself a quote-unquote near Arctic state, which is the Seinfeld of diplomatic terms because it means absolutely nothing. The the closest China is to the Arctic Circle, any settlements over 800 miles away. So China is trying to get a foothold up there. They've got two icebreakers. They're putting icebreakers up there. We only have one, and it doesn't work very well. Why? Russians have 30. We fell behind the curve. Even Mike Pompeo said we are playing catch up in the Arctic, and there are. But why is it important that we're up in the Arctic? So there are huge deposits of rare earth minerals, gas oil. There's a whole bunch of stuff up there that we're going to want access to on the commercial side. On the national security side, we don't want Russia and China militarizing the Arctic and taking over that area. China has been sneaking soldiers in, posing as scientists. It's, they're moving very quickly. It is the next Cold War, uh, no pun intended, is what's going on up in the Arctic. Okay, so that's why that's what you're uh, concerned about, but you also in it, and, and maybe it's Maybe it's just me, but uh, I felt there was a little uh, Eric Swalwell uh, influence in this book. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, 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 yes, yes. Yeah. So that's, yes, very, very good, yes. So the Chinese have all these different forms of statecraft, and I joke in the book that they have as many forms of statecraft as the Eskimo have words for snow. So there is a kind of a honeypot operation uh, where someone, the Chinese are trying to get influence in D.C., and they put a very attractive young woman, Chinese woman, Chinese woman living in L.A., up to uh, sweetening a deal with somebody to try to get uh, China's ends pushed through in Congress, Correct. Did, Very good. Did Swalwell? Yeah, no, I'm I'm not a dummy. I mean, I don't get you know any kind of phone calls from my friend to say, hey, I'm coming on or anything like that. But but I do. I mean, I'm not a dummy. I do read. Um, <laughs> did Did Swalwell play any? What What did Swalwell the Fang Fang thing play any role in this? Yeah, I think that was that was something that was, you know, I was clipping a lot of articles out of the paper when this was happening. And, you know, there have been people that have been busted for not uh, registering as a foreign agent. That's another thing that really makes me mad. In fact, they just busted another guy for lobbying on behalf of UAE uh, Monday. So that kind of stuff, people trying to exert influence on behalf of foreign nations in not registering as an agent is something that I don't like, particularly yeah. when it's Americans doing it. I, I just think it's absolutely it's terrible. And I don't care what party you come from. You cannot do that. You can't go in and try to lobby for China or somebody else uh, and not, you know, basically wear it on your sleeve like a NASCAR uniform. I want to know who's paying you. Yeah. You um, uh, the spy says something in the book that stuck out. I underlined. It said, uh, uh, don't think of it as China. Think of it as a consortium of investors, along with an experienced Chinese oil and gas corporation. What do you mean by that? 
So there's a, there is a lot of trying to put people at ease when uh, when they're making these deals. The Chinese they're very happy to you know let people wet their beak and make money off these deals, and they phrase it and put it in certain terms so that people really can tell themselves, lie to themselves that they're not doing this on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party. But that's exactly what's going on, regardless of who China puts up as a face on this thing. They, you know, the Chinese tried to buy a Canadian uh, mining company in the Arctic so they could actually get some real estate in the Arctic that right. they could claim as theirs. Uh, I mean, and the, the stuff they were doing in Norway, using a Chinese uh, real estate investor and trying to use him to buy all this property up there. So it's, it is a creeping, endless thing as China pursues this Belt and Road Initiative where they're putting money all over the world and then trying to influence the politics and the governments where they're making heavy investments. How, and it's not how, a good thing. how bad are we, Brad? Well, you know, we've got a lot of problems, and it's, it goes back decades and over multiple administrations. I mean, you know, under Clinton, there was the missile technology from Laurel that got uh, given yep. to the Chinese, and they, they, they bullied the crap out of American companies who do business in China to turn over their, their sensitive uh, trade secrets and things like that. So it's, it's a bad thing. But the, the thing that steams me the most is that they were putting the brakes on the WHO in the beginning of COVID so that they could go around the world and try to buy up the PPE. They knew it was coming. They knew how bad COVID was going to be. And they still made the WHO drag their feet while they went around you know, gobbling up masks and all sorts of stuff. It's just, we need to be much better as a country. They are a national security threat. Yet, if you're on cholesterol medication, guess where it comes from? Yeah, I know. China. It's, it's, we have sold our souls to the Chinese. I mean, we're looking, we're the ones who invented the damn chip. And now we get all of the chips. GM has stopped making trucks. And they say this chip shortage may, may go on uh, until 2023. Yeah, it's, it's, Crazy, and with two teens uh, who needed cars, uh, it's 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 nuts what's going on. And if we don't get control of our supply chains and stop manufacturing critical items like PPE and like medications in China, we're never going to be able to stand up to them when we need to. When you look at, I don't know if you saw what happened yesterday, but uh, it it felt like something that China would do. They came out and said that this was just a software update that caused a. Uh, a shutdown of like Bank of America's website, um, AT&T. I mean, a whole list of giant corporations uh, were offline yesterday for a while. And I thought if this is a cyber attack, this shows how people are just don't do not take us seriously and how far behind we are in our infrastructure we and, and don't talk to me about the infrastructure joe biden is doing i mean actual protection of our infrastructure we have i i think we're already in a war with china and uh and russia it's just a cyber war unlike we've ever seen before are we prepared at all no, not on this front, not in what's called gray zone conflict, which is where the cyber attacks, that's the, the term for the arena in which those are happening. And Glenn, you and I years ago, years ago, talked about a white paper that was written by two Chinese PLA colonels called yeah. Unrestricted Warfare, where these Chinese strategists, military strategists said there is no way they could ever beat the United States on the conventional battlefield. So they needed to find other ways, things that we took for granted and thought were harmless and could weaponize those and turn them against us and use them against us. And 
that's where we're at, and we are woefully ill-prepared to handle uh, this kind of conflict. And it's not going to let up. Look at the key, look at the, uh, the the gas pipeline that got shut down uh, with ransomware from those uh, Russian hackers. It's bad. And the Chinese, we hear all about the Russian hackers all the time, but the Chinese are even more sophisticated. They have office buildings just full of these people that all they do is hack and look for vulnerabilities all day long. Brad Thor, the uh, author of a new thriller that is out perfect for the summer. Uh, it's called Black Ice. More in uh, just a second. He's also he's also the movie uh, Born Identity. Really? His that was his. Very wow. sure. It's incredible. I mean, I would lose. <laughs> <laughs> I'd lose respect for him if that wasn't his uh, movie. But uh. 